Yo, Jeff, won't you give me a hooper beat or something? Something that I can go to the park to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, sound dope. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddie Aloso, with my co-host, Stevie G. What's up, guys? Let's go. With my other co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Bank. Today in 2019, King Kong Bundy died. And uh, in our next segment, I'd like to talk a little bit about the other prominent death that happened today, which is Jim Crockett. And with the Blackbeard himself, the encyclopedia. And gentlemen, well... I'm just going to give you a fact here. Shaq is not a draw for AEW. They didn't even clear 1 million viewers. Correct, but they beat NXT. Because they haven't been doing that for like a year. Oh, no. Not Shaq. Yo, listen. Uh, Bottom line, my dude didn't even come out to the right theme music. Like, they totally messed up. (laughs) They didn't didn't want to lay up the the $1.99 on iTunes to get it. Bro, we could have seized an opportunity... And he could have gotten maybe like six buys on that song. All right. All right. So, but they'll they'll pay the royalties on Tarzan Man though. Tarzan boy. Whatever. I don't. I you played were, the song over and over. You were the one that was singing again. it today. I know. So. I know. <laughs> anyway, let's start with what we finished off with from last week: our cash-ins. So Rob's got the cash-in highlights on YouTube. Uh, the rest of us will find them on the WWE Network that will be here till the end of March and then be switched over to Peacock. So um, WWE, pay- WWE pay-per-views, uh, New Year's Revolution in 2006, and they have the bookmark of Edge's cash-in over John Cena. So once you guys are ready, we will uh, jump right into that. All right, and just to give you a little idea of where things were at the time, I will give a very condensed version of the storylines going in. So long story short on this one, John Cena, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Kane, Carlito, and Chris Masters were in an Elimination Chamber match for the title, which was won by Cena. Uh, He got busted open hard way, and everybody was walking out of the arena that night until Vince came out and announced that Edge was cashing in his money in the bank opportunity on a wounded Cena. Edge had fought earlier on the show and took a DQ loss to Ric Flair for the Intercontinental Championship, which was really weird, but now we know why. All right, did that in about 45 seconds, I think. And guys, just so everyone knows, the encyclopedia notes are back. He is not on vacation. He's live and in person. So get excited. Um, you're still forgetting something though. What are we what this are we is, missing? This is one of the many cash ins that I was there for. Come on, you can't leave that out. There we go. There we go. We did that last week. It doesn't matter. It needs to be reiterated. Thank you. All right, I so were you at a cash in? <laughs> I've been at two. Okay, so go to the bookmark and that will put you at about Two hours and 30, 2.30. Yep. And 28 seconds. Yes, sir. All right. So hit play in three, 
two, one, go. Gosh, look at that puddle of blood on John Cena's face. It's not real. This was Rob's favorite moment in Cena's career. He said, don't go anywhere. And I tell you, people were walking out of this arena at this point already. What does he mean? This is actually like the first time that Vince screwed Cena after an Elimination Chamber match, but he did it. He did it uh, with Batista beating Cena a few years later. Steve, sitting there that night, did anyone guess this was happening? I mean, my section, they definitely didn't. But at the end of the day, like, you guys have gone to shows with me. I'm not like one of those people who rush to leave. Like, I try to let the crowd leave. So I wasn't one of those people walking out. I was just standing there hanging out. Like, That's how Steven ends up hooking up with ugly girls. Here we go. It happened one time. And you use it to plural. Jesus. There's a lot of alcohol. He has to note that. Here we go. Here comes Edge. It's amazing. This is only 15 years ago, per se, and Vince looks so different today than he did then. God, Lita looked so hot back then. Classic spinner belt. <laughs> One of the best belts they ever had. Rob condemns it, Steve, and praises it. That was such a great belt. I wasn't a fan either, Rob. What river did uh, did Rock throw Austin's belt into? You guys, don't, don't also forget that, that the innovative... This innovative entranceway, that dragon every once in a while really did breathe fire. <laughs> so it's like so it's like the dragon at the castle mini golf course in Chester, New York. Yep. You know what also makes this? Joey Styles is on commentary here. That's right. A long time ago, when fans were allowed in the arena and everybody was on top of each other. It's coming back, sir. It's coming back. Yeah. WrestleMania tickets go on sale next week. I think I'm going to buy one. <laughs> well, Freddie, I don't know if you heard. Dana White now said he wants to run UFC in Texas. In Texas, yeah, now that it's fully open. Rob's just waiting to mark out when the three count hits. Listen to us all cheering. Now, now, I don't know if you guys ever talked about this, but Edge and Christian got matching tattoos, and Edge wound up covering his up all black with the sun, and Christian still has it. They stopped dating. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever noticed that, but yeah. See? We blame the indie guys for people kicking out of finishers, but Cena just did it here. After he was in a 30-minute Elimination Chamber match. Granted, he was only in for half of it. But... No, he's John Cena. Mm. Super Cena in full effect. Hogan 2.0. There it is. 
Here it is. Edge's first, right? Edge's first title run? Yes, sir. Although I think he drops it three weeks later, right? At the Royal Rumble? They didn't give him long on this one. Well, at least Cena didn't have to go far to go home since he could just hit I-90 from Albany and go into Massachusetts. I forgot, what was it? No, Freddie, it was, was it with you when uh, we saw John Cena's bus and we like drove, it was yeah, you, right? We that, drove that it like that two Albany. exits. Yeah, we followed it about two or three exits before we turned it back around. He was, and he was sitting up front and he just straight up ignored everyone. But he was yeah. sitting on that front like step. Because I think set, you're like yeah. you're pulled alongside it at one point. He was probably looking like, why the hell is an equinox chasing us? Yeah. <laughs> so Steve, how long did did they celebrate after this went off the air? I don't remember. Still and I was there. I was there with a, with uh, a girl that I was seeing at the time. So like, I don't know how long we stayed after. I know we hung out afterwards too. So. Yeah, he hung out all right. <laughs> I get since Edge cashed in, I cashed in as well that night. Did you? I did. I gotta tell you though, that was a horrible kissing job. By Steven or Edge? Who are you talking <laughs> about? Both. You weren't even there. Yo, do you see the sign, Anthony? You see where Miggs is? Why don't you explain who Miggs is to people? Miggs is someone I went to high school with who's also like a local like wrestler in the ECPW league. But he was at this show too and he was down on the floor. He just was holding a sign in the corner. And it just said Miggs. Simple. There it is. The orange sign. Alright. So this also led to the, uh, to the live sex celebration in the ring. So there's our very first cash-in. <laughs> Freddy's like, I'm not watching the last three minutes of this. Fuck this. Move on. He, innovator. Right. Edge. So now, for those who have the network, uh, if you hit the Raw tab, um, 2010. November 22nd. November 22nd. And then there is the bookmark for the Miz catches in on Randy Orton. All right. So the background on this one, we were just coming off Survivor Series the night before. This was the infamous angle where John Cena was forced to be part of the Nexus. He was special guest referee, called it down the middle, Wade Barrett lost. And as per Wade Barrett, Cena was being fired since he kind of owned his contract and the anonymous Raw general manager, Hornswoggle, gave Barrett his rematch with Orton later that night. Uh, not only did Barrett lose, but the Nexus beat down Orton before the match, and thanks to John Cena, Orton still pulled it out. So now we have Orton in the ring. After going through Barrett, getting the win thanks to Cena, and here we go. 
So the timer is 1 hour, 21 minutes, 41 seconds, and counting down, 3, 2, 1, and play. This is the greatest oh, thing ever. Awesome. Another great catch. Oh, Alex. Yep. <laughs> Before Cena got him fired. Talk about going nowhere. Damn. I do remember marking out for this one. Sad that Miz, 11 years later, ends up winning the belt again on the cash-in and only holds it for eight days. Yeah, we're always total bullshit. This one was one of the longer cash-in matches, if I remember correctly. Miz could have been champion so many other times between, it's like, like five minutes. Now. About five minutes or so. I don't think this... I think this one goes about three. But this one was interesting because it's one of the few times that the champion actually fought back and you thought he might actually pull it out. Because at this point, nobody had failed a cash-in. Right. They're both heels in this match. No, Orton was a face here. Who was the first one to fail on the casting? Was it Sando? No, I thought I thought it was Cena. So top five failed cash-ins of all time for Rob is when Cena failed. You know, the problem for me is if Cena and Hogan ever wrestled, I don't know who I would who I'd want to win. Is it possible to get a double DQ? I would hope they both die in the ring. Oh my gosh! Tell us how you really confirm it was John Cena. John Cena was the first. It was Cena, Sandow, Corbin, and Strowman. Well, watching that that Yoko dog. Hearing the whole thing about, um, you know, Hogan coming back and winning the title that night, it just really showed that he was primo douchebag number one. Oh, well, Hogan was one of the biggest douchebags of all time. He might be the biggest. Yeah. Very insecure I mean, individual. Hiring all of his friends to make sure he looks good. You know, squashing Ric Flair every opportunity he got. Mm. Even with the uh, the whole Taker thing, when Taker gives his take on the tombstone on the chair, and Hogan was complaining to Vince that he landed him on the chair and all that stuff, which is hilarious because he missed it by a mile. Yeah, and I mean Hogan not giving Shawn Michaels back the win. Yeah, great, great counter by the Miz on that skull crushing finale. There you go. Riley thought about sliding in the ring, got about halfway, and rolled back out. Well, now this also led to... Look at the kid in the... I never noticed the kid in the background with the Miz shirt, like, <laughs> spazzing out. Is. Miz girl! They actually found her last week after he won and actually said she was happy for him. Yeah, they interviewed her. 
Mm. <laughs> Look on after faces are like, did this really happen? And this also led to four months of Michael Cole annoying the shit out of people on a weekly basis. Was that when he had his match with Lawler? Mm-hmm. Was that was that a match? Classic Miami Hurricanes hat right there. Yeah, that's very reminiscent of Miami fans over the last several years, since they lose so often now. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> don't don't talk shit about my hurricane. I root for fucking army, so who am I? <laughs> Oh, look at this. And we even get to see Orton getting beaten down by... Hey, look! It's The Fiend! Before he was The Fiend. The only one still on the WWE roster? That's <laughs> true, isn't it? I mean, Wade Barrett's a commentator, right? Yeah. And they still... True. They still have Otunga on the roster. <laughs> Somebody forgot to tell Vince that he's actually not married to Jennifer Hudson anymore. <laughs> So our next one is Rob's number one cash in. And if you guys go, it's 2008, June 30th, under Raw. Oh, man. As you scroll through, you see, uh, who is that, Manu on here? You also yeah. see, uh, what was this, when uh, Vince McMahon was giving out all that money back then. Mm. True. God, I wish once. While you guys are looking that up, storyline here was Edge was the world champion, and he had been drafted to SmackDown, which also had the WWE champion. Class of champions, Edge faced Batista, which everyone thought for sure Batista was winning the belt, and he didn't. So... Edge had to come out and rub it in everybody's face on Raw that he was taking the world title over to SmackDown, and Raw did not have a champion anymore. And as he was walking out, Batista basically beat the crap out of him. And CM Punk, first world title reign right here. All right, so hopefully that gave you guys enough time to load up. So the counter is approximately... 18 minutes, 39 seconds. Yep. 3, 2, 1, play. This bookmark's interesting because it actually includes the whole beatdown. One of the times Batista came out of jeans and didn't tear them in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I was actually in Brooklyn for that. You could see it from the cheap seat. You were studying them that hard, huh? Well, you couldn't miss it at that point. He was trying to hide it. Steve, didn't you go to a house show where Batista hit on your girlfriend? Yeah. 
And speaking of Batista, he came out and said that he is not AEW signing for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, coincidentally, so did Punk. He said the same thing. That's right. It, the, the big signing is the big show. Yeah, definitely. He's going to proclaim himself an active wrestler. Which actually, you've got to be careful because I think the fans are going to crap all over that. Hey, no more BS. I'll give him credit, though. The no more BS I thought was pretty creative. Yeah, that was a creative show. Jeez. So, going into this, did anybody think there was going to be a cash-in? Was it, was it obvious? I don't remember what my thought was going into this night. I don't remember at all. Yeah, I don't remember. Man, this is back when true religion jeans were cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, uh, belly button tattoos were not. I was just going to say that. I swear to God, I was just going to say that. <laughs> You're gonna tell him that he shouldn't have one? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, I don't. He's got the the blinged out earrings too. Jesus Christ! Who would have thought that he'd actually become one of the most iconic characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> his, his character is hilarious. Yeah, it is. There's the Batista bomb. Now, look at Batista's like reaction when Punk comes out and walks right by him. Batista looks so ghetto with the Tims on, with the jeans. Batista's arms are so long, he can put his shoes on without bending over. Yeah. I hope you guys are enjoying this, because mine just, my damn system just froze. That's funny, the YouTube videos were working just fine. (laughs) (laughs) I even found the exact one, I'm watching exactly what's happening. My, My Roku's working great. Yeah, my Roku TV's... Three versions working wonderfully. <laughs> and here, here comes Punk. Yep. Batista with his mouth wide open, and we won't Punk. Somebody with a Pepsi sign in the crown. I just love how the referees every time have to explain to the ring announcer what's going on. Because, yo, you're handing him the briefcase. Okay, cool. We announced the money in the bank cash and start the fucking match. Yeah. I mean, ring the goddamn bell and let's go. Good night, Edge. This was one of the few one-move cash-ins, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Pretty good reaction from the crowd. Oh, she was lovely. 
I love when a girl waves a sign back and forth like that and the titties bounce with it. <laughs> they go from <laughs> they go from showing a couple of hot girls to then showing this trailer park couple. <laughs> The fans you see at a WWE show, I swear to God. And then you gotta a get the with... whole demographic. <laughs> exactly, equal opportunity. Punk <laughs> with the, oh the soccer, God. the soccer slide. not least April 8th 2013 alright so this is quick previous night Alberto Del Rio beat Jack Swagger Wrestlemania 29 defending the world championship next night on Raw Del Rio defeated Swagger and Zeb Coulter now in a handicap match non-title however Swagger and Zeb had focused on Alberto Del Rio's leg the entire match, which left him really unable to stand up. And hopefully that gives you enough time to load it up. So, uh, guys, what do you have on the timer? 54-24, sir. All right. So, 54-24. All right. So, three, two, one, play. Oh, my God. I get the chills when the crowd starts cheering. There I am. Well, that was my section, at least. And Rob and I were at WrestleMania the night before, and I think the whole place was screaming for the cash. <laughs> and you guys didn't get shit. <laughs> you know what? I was happy you were there for it because I knew you were a huge doll fan. This was amazing. This was also the same night that they started doing the Fandango dance, wasn't it? Yep, this is the Fandango dance night. And, and they did not show it to the full extent that it actually happened because, like, when they went off the air, that probably went on for another, like, five or ten minutes with no music or anything. And John Cena came back out and started dancing to it. It was a whole scene. Like, if you could find the footage of After Raw, it was actually the funniest thing ever. This is a travesty, though, that he didn't get more out of this title reign, and they never really gave him a fair shot. Because he got concussed a few weeks later, and then they had him drop it as soon as he got back, and they did the double turn at uh, out in Chicago. Oh, look, it was Mrs. Punk. And Big E trying to channel the Nation of Domination. I feel like this show really defined the night after WrestleMania crowd. 
Yeah, I would agree with you on that. It really started to like become a thing. Yeah, I think it was like the prior year when Brock returned, kind of so, started it, but this put it over the edge. <laughs> The fans like were so into this match that night. Where was this? Was this Brooklyn? No, Meadowlands. Izod Center, You know the the big building that sat vacant for the former Continental Airlines Arena. And Izod Center, and uh, wasn't it called the? United Airlines Arena at one point. I, I always remember by those TV screens in the four corners. <laughs> that they never replaced. Yeah. There it is. No, it was interesting, though. Both world champions were on, were on this Raw. Usually didn't have that. There was usually one up to Raw and one to SmackDown. This is when Raw was still the uh, flagship show. <laughs> you mean it's not? Don't tell Vince that. <laughs> There's us again. Very small. Yeah, because you were sitting on the bottom level, weren't you? No, we were halfway up, like... Like, if you look at that shot, we are probably, like, eight rows above that shot. Like, we, like, Roman Reigns came down, came down the stairs right next to us when the Shields came out. Yeah, I said you were on the bottom level. Well, yeah, I, I, when you say bottom level, I think floor level, because that's where I'm used to sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie, you know. Yeah. That's where we sat for all that time. That Floor, is. what was that? That's six row? <laughs> yeah. After we uh, drove up to Albany and went to the hotels and everything and met a bunch of the guys earlier. And then the That's garage, true. too. <laughs> Very true. They're like, you can't go to the bottom level with the cars. And we just drove down anyway and parked next to yeah. I think it was Swagger. <laughs> we parked, we yeah. pulled in right behind Swagger and parked next to him. <laughs> Swagger and truth. Yup, yup. <laughs> Were AJ and Dolph a thing? Because that was a pretty, uh, pretty big hug there. We should, we should definitely go to another event in Albany and just pull into that garage again, since we know which one. They since go we to. know that's where they're gonna be. <laughs> All right, moving on. So that was fun. So let's jump and into let's jump into current business. I know Rob wanted to bring it up. We had a death in the wrestling world today, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. was it today or yesterday? It was today. So uh, Jim Crockett Jr. Um, as the uh, resident historian on this uh, podcast, I suppose uh, I'll just give you a real quick rundown about him. Um, one of the big three, and Vince McMahon Sr. being one, Vern Gagne being the second, Jim Crockett Sr. and then Jr. being the third. He was also a former NWA president three times. And, you know, 
for you newer fans, guys like Ric Flair, the Four Horsemen, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, Dusty Rose, the Road Warriors, Steamboat, Harley Race, and a slew of other names all went through Crockett Promotions. You know, he you can't really uh, underestimate his contribution to wrestling. He started the first pay-per-view, Starcade. All right, so as we have all of our pay-per-views now, he created the first one. He also created the Crockett Cup, which was a tag team tournament that ran it for a few years in a row. Um, and he also uh, put together the Clash of the Champions, which was a free show on TBS for many years. And then lastly, you know, in his, his older years, he sold out to Ted Turner, and that became WCW. And then, you know, we all know what happened with WCW. But, you know, one of the pioneers of the sport, one of the, the great men of the sport, everybody, if you saw the comments today, people had a lot of nice things to say about him. He seemed like he was a decent guy, you know, paid well, listened to ideas, created a lot of wrestlers. And as president, I read a book recently, The Death of the Territories, and it goes into detail about how, you know, they tried to work against Vince and how he, he was like the pioneer of that as well. He was the man that, like, sent people out to territories to, to try to hold off the WWF at the time. So he was really one of those guys, you know, it, given a chance, it, they made some mistakes at the end, but they might have had a chance. That's a really good book if you guys are interested and it really goes through everything that happened. And, you know, WWF, it wasn't a done deal. If Crockett could have pulled together a little more money and maybe dropped Dusty Rhodes a little sooner from the booking position, they might have actually made a run. But in the end, they had to sell out to Ted Turner. But a big loss for for wrestling today. All right. I couldn't have said it better myself. Rob, our resident historian, always coming through. You know, you guys know I was a big NWA guy. I wasn't a real big WWF guy. So this was like, you know, another shot to my childhood out the window. But at the same time, you know, you have to you have to acknowledge the fact, you know, what the man has brought to the sport. So. So for people that weren't aware too much of him, was he a big on-screen presence? So he wasn't like the guys we get today that have to parade themselves No, I mean, out. he was on TV from time to time, especially um, – you know, if there was a big event, but David Crockett was uh, the commentator. If you watch any WCW uh, or World Championship Wrestling, I should say, uh, in the 80s, David Crockett was the on-air personality. Jim Crockett was more in the background. I mean, he, he you know, they bought the UWF. They tried to expand into Texas. You know, they, 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 they tried to grow too fast. And I think in the end, that's where they ended up having to sell it to WCW. But you can't deny from the late, the early 70s to the early 90s, he was a force. And, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions, like I said, uh, start the first Starcade, first pay-per-view. Pro Wrestling USA, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but that was uh, when, when the promoters that were left tried to put together some wrestling. He was a linchpin in that. And, you know, like I said, every, all around just a good man. Every comment you read said, you know, he was, he was uh, or, or, you know, an innovator. And, you know, cared about his talent, tried to, you know, when, when Magnum T.A. got hurt in a car accident, he was right there, paid all of his medical bills, gave him a job when he got better. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot to say about the man. Uh, it's a big loss, like I said, for wrestling history. You don't have a lot of promoters like that anymore, I, I would believe, you know. Well, no, not even close. You know, now that Vern Gagne is dead and he's dead, you know, Vince McMahon is really the only one left. 
Speaking speaking of the territories and stuff like that, were you guys able to watch um, Young Rock this week? Yes, loved it. They they did go into stuff like that where you know Vince was really starting to push WWE or WWF at the time. Rock's grandmother was running the territory in Hawaii, and that whole thing where she was fighting with another local promoter. And Vince had to pull his guys, and it was very interesting to see that old school history of wrestling on Young Rock this week. And that's, like I said, that book I read. I mean, like I said, I'm a, I love wrestling history. That book I read goes into that in in a lot of detail. What they tried to do, and how they all tried to band together, but they could. You know, the the per, the funny part about it is, is that they could have put their personalities aside. They could have beaten. Vince McMahon, because he didn't have a lot of the areas that you would think he had. He didn't have California. He didn't have Texas. But Vern Gagne and um, Jim Crockett and some of the other guys, they couldn't put their egos aside from it. They all had to be the boss. So in the end, Vince won because he just outlasted them, because he had one vision, and he just looked straight ahead, and he didn't didn't try to, you know, he just kept going. He said, you know, we don't get Texas this time. We'll get it next time. And then when they all tried to band together and they all tried to you know, work together, they couldn't do it. They, they couldn't decide, you know, who would be the champion and who would run it. And they were all stabbing each other in the back. And one of the famous quotes Vince said was, you know, I knew it would never work. You know, they could they, they couldn't or they couldn't order lunch. Never mind, you know, team up together and run a promotion. So. The famous line, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Yep. Too many chefs spoil the soup. Right. I mean, all those. Yeah. Very, very true. So now we touched on it a little bit. What do you guys think of AEW's Hall of Fame caliber signing? Other than, you know, Big Show, Paul White coming in this week. Well, I think I think we said it, the Hall of Fame signing is the Big Show. I think he's going to just, as, as an active wrestler, I don't think there's going to be another wrestler. Oh, Christian, though. Everyone seems to be saying Christian, too. Hmm. I don't think, I think Christian's loyal. He was just on the Rumble. I don't see it. So yeah. Paul was loyal, though. Was he? What have they done for Paul White the last several years? Nothing, apparently. I'm just saying, though, he was loyal till then. Right. He was the first one to, or one of the first to jump ship from WCW to WWE. Mm-hmm. In the reverse at the time. Yeah, and loyalty or not, if you think you could still go and another company will give you that opportunity and Vince won't, I don't blame any of these guys. I mean, that's what yeah. I read, right? But I mean, did you read that? But that's that's another reason why I, I, I'm agreeing that people are saying Christian because Christian was brought in just for the Rumble. They didn't use him since. And he's been cleared to wrestle after seven years. He's cleared to wrestle again. He also has that brothership with Edge. He might feel like he's got to wait till after WrestleMania and not step on his toes. Or maybe he only wanted the one-off. Who knows? We don't know. You could be right. It could be Christian. I, I don't see it. Predictions. I'm going with Christian. You guys yeah, are going it wouldn't be the first time Christian jumped ship when he went to Impact Wrestling. Yep. Facts. It is a possibility. I've also heard Kurt Angle's name get tossed around or possibly somebody from New Japan. I'm going to say no go on Angle only because I finally have listened to some of his podcasts. So Angle wanted Cena in his last match, and Vince said, no, this year you're facing Corbin. You could have Cena next year, and Angle said, I don't have another year in me. 
this is it. So I don't think Angle's coming back. I really don't. He made it clear that his time's passed on his podcast. Well, Sting also retired at the Hall of Fame ceremony, and now we have a pay-per-view match. So. First off, Sting got cleared by AEW's doctors. I don't think Sting wanted to retire on his own in the past. I think it was the injury that did that, and he didn't think he would get cleared again. And maybe w- I don't know that WWE would have ever cleared him. Uh, coincidentally, I think I've read somewhere that Dr. Samson for AEW was a former WWE doctor, so I'm wondering why he's not there anymore. If there's some real reason there, maybe he was a little too liberal. I mean, we saw what he allowed to happen with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara a couple months ago. Right. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I don't I don't really have a prediction other than I think it's going to be Paul White. And I think this is going to be... I think AEW's starting to make some mistakes, uh, some big mistakes lately. And this could be one of them if they have him come out and announce himself as the Hall of Fame caliber signing. I hope not, but for their sake... Unless it's Jake the Snake. They already have Jake the Snake. <laughs> but, I, but I'm saying he's saying he wants to get back in the ring. Well, so does Hulk Hogan. I mean... I, they, you know, if Flair could get in the ring, they'd let him. He would. Yeah. You know what? Maybe Rob Van Dam. Although Rob Van Dam's got a WWE special coming out soon, so no. It's, not it's RVD. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's going to be anybody. I think it's going to be Paul White. I think they're miscalculating this. I think this is one of those cases where Khan needed to step in and put his foot down, and he's not going to do quick, it. Real quick, what did you guys think of the Shaq match? I think it was a, a good spot at the end, but other than that, that was that was probably it for me. I mean, yes, it's it's scripted. It's you know, it is what it is. Are you telling wrestling's fake? Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. No, no, no. no. You said the fake word. Don't, I said scripted. Don't use the F don't word. Use the F word. Don't you use it. Scripted choreographed all right go on sorry but the hazards are real whatever you do don't Don't try this at home home. you could tell that they worked it out to a t when they were going to do what but under the circumstances i actually thought Shaq did better than i expected um they didn't go too over the top with him although that table spot i remember thinking up typical cody we got to overbook it um actually I think the one that came out looking the best out of that match was Shaq because he sold better than anybody else. I mean, Cody jumped right up from the powerbomb, which I noticed a lot of people online, AEW fans included, were complaining about Cody not selling that powerbomb. And as far as Jade goes, as far as Jade's concerned, she reminds me of Scott Steiner back in the day where I want to vomit every time she flexes. I have nothing for her, and... I really hope we don't see have to see her for I mean, a while. her move set was do a move and then flex. And then do a move and then flex. I mean, someone should have told her, like, stop it. You yeah. know? I Like, I couldn't stand Like, I thought Shaq did really well. I was impressed. Like, it, overall, it didn't bother me because it didn't take over the whole show. It wasn't the main event. And I like the spot where Shaq, like, when Shaq and, and Cody went over the top rope, like, Shaq hung there for a while. It made me laugh because it's like, it was like a tree falling down. He's like, up there, and you're like, like, is he slowly going over, slowly, slowly? And I'm like, geez, I've never seen anybody go that slow. But I, but she was terrible. I mean, uh, and I was not impressed with Red Velvet either. I, they were the, they didn't need either one of them in that match. I think they could have had Cody against Shaq, and I think I would have been all right with it. Yeah, you're not wrong on that. All right. Meanwhile, on the other channel, 
we had NXT featuring the Women's Tag Team Championship, which they went with the illegal person tapping out and a referee swap when the original referee went down, where Adam Pearce actually sent a Raw referee in for an NXT match. Uh, there was footage of William Regal and Adam Pearce in an argument later on in the show about whatever happened. There's a rumor now going around that NXT might be getting their own women's tag team titles. What do you guys think of this? Do you think based off of this, they're going to get their own tag belts, is what you're saying? Like, we, Regal's going to get pissed and, and declare his own belts. That's the rumor. I don't think that makes any sense, personally. I mean, they barely have enough content for the tag titles they got now. I, if anything, I would have pulled the switch last night and had the tag titles stay on NXT for a while because they actually have some tag teams after the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Right. You can't say that about the main roster. Well, I mean, I understand what the point was. Adam Pierce afraid the titles were going to get stuck on NXT because aren't they supposed to rotate between the three shows? So who cares if an NXT team wins? I don't follow the logic. I mean, if they're right. going to create tag titles, whatever. But as far as why he needed them, he needed Shayna and, and Nia to win is beyond me. I don't understand the motivation. I thought it would have been perfect to switch it then. I mean, when Dakota was coming out and she was in the ring – she looked really nervous, which the first thing I thought is, oh, crap, they're definitely winning the belts now because she's a nervous wreck about this. This is like her big moment. And when they didn't pull the switch, I was I was surprised. But when I read this rumor about possible women's tag titles now to NXT, I was like, why? You don't have enough tag teams. I, I, well, anyway. Well, what I find fascinating that. is they keep saying that they're um, really pushing uh, – you know, the women's division and all that, but in, in reality, are they? I mean, you've got Charlotte at the top, right? You've mm-hmm. got Asuka, who hasn't defended her title in months, who's digging who around is with now, Charlotte. She's hurt now, right? Is she hurt? I think so. I think that was the last thing on her. I, I didn't hear that one, so I'm just waiting to see if anybody else heard that. I didn't think she was hurt. Yeah. I just thought they just had anything for her to do. I think they're playing it up that she lost a tooth. That was the other thing. When they showed the footage of Shayna kicking her and the tooth go flying, and she's like, so she's not here this week. I was like, really? So the champions can't show up because they lost a tooth? Right, now? there are no dentists. At least if you said if... <laughs> right. Like, call, do- call Dr. Britt. Oh, wait, no, we can't do that. She's on the other show, apparently. Right. I... If if they at least said she got a concussion, that's one thing. But when they showed the footage that she lost her tooth and she wasn't going to be there, I was like, really? And speaking of that, did you guys read this other one about the booking for Elimination Chamber? No. So there was a there was a theory or rumor that went out that originally Evans was supposed to actually beat Asuka for the belt, and it would be Charlotte Flair challenging her at WrestleMania. And there's a good chance AC was supposed to keep it and have the feud go on for a while. That I would actually be okay with because I'm sick of Charlotte being champion. I mean, I get it. It's been almost a year. It's actually been, yeah, she hasn't been a main roster champion in over a year, but I just, I don't care. It's like, it doesn't matter. She's always still at the top. I've said this before. I'll say it again. She's the same character, whether she's a heel or a face. Right. There's no difference. One week she's Oscar's friend, now she's not. She still acts the same. So there's no variation on a theme. Her move sets are all the same. She dominates every match she's in. They don't get anybody give her any kind of run for her money. So going back to what I was saying about the ladies' division, I mean, and in, on SmackDown you have, you know, Banks and Bailey, and then nobody. 
So really, I mean, are, are they pushing the women or are they pushing certain women? You know, I, I mean, where's certain. Rhea when we need her? We've been waiting for Rhea to debut for months now. Yeah. Right? And there's the there's what you need in that division. You need her to come in and you need to start her start kicking ass, taking names, and let her run for a while. Yeah. You need a fresh blood. That's what you need. We've had the same four girls at the top for a while. And just wait till Bailey uh till uh Becky gets back and it's gonna be the same thing all over again. They're gonna push her right to the top. It's not like she's gonna get built up anyways. You know, so it's it sucks, but that's the way they're they're stuck on these four women for the women's the whole women's division. There's no one else and that's what they're doing so far. If Becky came back and she was the one to challenge, let's say if Asuka, would you be okay with that over Charlotte? Which would you guys prefer, Becky versus Asuka or Charlotte versus Asuka? Becky. Yeah, I'd rather see Becky. I agree. Becky, all the way. Fuck Charlotte. It's an ignorant question to ask me of all people. I hate Charlotte Flair. We want the entertaining value of you sharing your opinion. Fuck Charlotte Flair. And her fake crooked ass tits and her weird looking stomach. When she went on her little fishing trip the other day, I wish a fucking shark jumped out onto the boat and swallowed her alive. Instead, and, where's, and where's Andrade? Size clown. Where are they hiding him? He, he, he was fishing with her, bro. Unfortunately, the fish didn't get her. Get him either. He, he, he's her towel boy. Correct. Okay. Exact. That's the only reason why he has a career is because he's fucking flair. <laughs> Hashtag fucking least, Claire, make it a thing. You could at least see him do something with his career, but yeah, I guess the the charisma's not there for him. I don't know. Guys, just can't keep his storyline going. Wait till after WrestleMania when Damian Priest goes absolutely nowhere. He's next. They have him written through WrestleMania. No plans for him after. He's gonna get buried too. Another one that shouldn't. I think Andrade's problem is he doesn't speak English, which Vince gets too hung up on. Personally, I did read that Charlotte in interviews has actually said she pitched a storyline for her and Andrade to be together. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's bring him back into an even shittier storyline where people will crap on him even more. So he doesn't speak English. So are you sure they're they're getting married? Does he even know? Right. right? <laughs> Is he going to be Mike Bennett 2.0? No? Latino. He... <laughs> they speak to each other physically instead of. Their yeah, instead of the, well, they speak through the mouth. It's just different. <laughs> yeah, she she speaks by swallowing. Oh, they... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, AEW picks for this weekend. Yeah, let's get to that. Let's jump into these bad boys. Our first match on this card, we have here Thunder Rosa. Rio versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Reba. Can I say who cares right now? Or uh... I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker just because she's the hottest one in that match. <laughs> no real other reason aside from that. <laughs> um, He's a lucky guy. Yeah, I guess I'll go with Brit Breaker. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> match means nothing. This is the curtain jerker match. Yeah, it's yeah, it's on, it's on the buy-in show. 
Hey, hey, I'll I'll say this to you, uh, Encyclopedia. If you were somewhere else, you'd be curtain jerking at the the performance center. Scoop. There that. it I, is. I love that line. <laughs> that was a great line. I saved saw that, Freddie. You heard that. I saved I did. it. I, did. I saved that moment. Who do you like? Rosa and Riho. For whatever reason, they will not push Britt to the top, and I feel like Rosa's about to go back to NWA, and Rio just came back. I just, I don't think they're going to put Britt Baker and Rebo over, even though it would probably make more sense for them. Okay. I'm going to go with Encyclopedia. I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa and Rio. All right. Uh, from there, we have the Casino Tag Team Royale for a future AEW World Tag Team Championship match. I'm going to save you guys. I'm not going to name off all these teams. Just give me your damn picks. I don't even know who's in it. It's all listed here. I guess I got to go through all the teams. Uh, I'm going to pick Reynolds and Silver. Okay. And the Dark Order. The Dark Order. The Dark Order has two teams in there, but I like them. I don't know why. I just... Okay, so Steve, to let you know now, everyone's going to have to go to sleep while I do this. So you can fast forward 30 seconds, folks, if you want. Bear Country. Bear Country. Isn't that the two big guys? They, they were they actually were in Northeast Wrestling at the uh, at the Rumble thing that I went to last year. That's funny. Anyways, go on. All right. Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Uh, Evil Luno and Stu Grayson. <laughs> Santana and Ortiz. Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, Top Flight, Pack and Ray Phoenix from the Death Triangle, Varsity Blondes, Matt and Mike Seidel. Somebody's got to fuck up they're, in the show. They're going to trip and fall out of the ring and eliminate themselves. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, SEU, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, uh, The Natural Nightmares, and Chaos Project, which is Luther and Sir Pentico. I don't really know who's going to win, but I guess this pick I'll do who I like to see win. So I'm going to go with Private Party. Okay. Uh, I'm going to agree with Rob and go with Reynolds and Silver. Front runners. No. I... <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Proud and Powerful. Santana and Ortiz. Okay. I had no idea that's what their name was. I thought they were Santana and Ortiz, so... <laughs> I don't know. That's what the wiki page I copied and pasted from said. That's fine. Doesn't matter. Wiki! They called him that at one point, and that lasted like a week. In a match that really I think should have been on Dynamite instead of the Jurassic Express versus FTR and Tully match, uh, we're getting Miro and Kip against the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Miro and Kip are going to win, I suppose. Yeah, I'm going Miro and Kip too. Yeah, same here. Because Miro's one of the best wrestlers out there. <laughs> Apparently he's getting pissed off that the fans don't have faith in him. Miro got owned by Pat McAfee this week. Good. That's my guy, man. Pat McAfee show. Okay. He's moved on from the Samoans. Now he goes to Pat McAfee. Oh, no, so, so Freddie, they got a so Freddie, fuck, Mary, kill. Pat McAfee. No, I'm playing. Don't <laughs> <laughs> be stealing my lines, man. Listen, you weren't there with it. I seized the opportunity. I saw it. I went for it. 
All right. Uh, we have... Is this the first ever? The big money match? Winner receives the loser's 21, 21 first quarter earnings. Matt Hardy and Hangman Adam Page. I'm going to go Adam Page here. I think he's on the upswing, so Adam Page for me. Yeah, I'm going to go Adam Page too, and I really don't want to, but I'm going to go Adam Page as well. I would rather see Matt Hardy, but Adam Page. He's undefeated so far this year. Yeah, I guess Page all the way. Even though, I mean, I could see I could see Hangman having some fun if he lost. Like, just going in the ring and, like, True. laying down all the time and not making any money and driving Matt Hardy crazy. Right. But I don't know if they're that – I don't know if they're going to go that road. I think they're just going to let Hangman win. Yeah. All right. So we're all in agreement because I'm picking Paige also. All right. AEW Women's World Championship. I apologize to our Japanese friends who are listening to this broadcast because I'm going to butcher the challenger's name. There goes the Japs for slaughtering your na- their name. But... <laughs> and I just called the Japs. So. You could have said a lot worse. Pearl so. Harbor. What? Oh, <sighs> All right. Hiroshima. So a- I mean, now it's one of Ben Affleck's better movies. Go on. <laughs> the 45-minute war scene. Um, Yo, that, that's what makes that whole movie, though. Hiroshima <laughs> defending against... Ryu Mizunami. That wasn't so bad. Yeah, not bad. All right. Um, I I guess Sheeta is going to win because I mean even, they gave uh, Ryo that big win against um, what's her Nyla name Rose. this week? Nyla, Nyla Rose. But I don't see her taking out their champion, even though she's yeah. very entertaining. I mean, I thought that match was way more entertaining than it should have been. It was. Both of them impressed me. Nyla Rose is really improved. Yeah, too. Nyla Rose. I gave her credit. I mean, she stopped with the faces and, and making all the stupid noises and just concentrated on wrestling. And, and she was a lot, she's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Freddie? Sheeta for me. Okay. Steve? Sheeta. Sheeta. So this is three matches in a row that were across the board picking the same thing. It's not going to happen on this next one, though. We have... The face of the revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT championship opportunity. So, what championship? The TNT championship. Currently oh, held by Darby Allen. Darby, Darby Allen. I thought for a second Rob was bringing the trivia championship back. I've offered to. You guys don't want to. Cody versus. I never said we didn't want to. Versus Penta versus Archer versus Caster and a to be announced. They're doing dark on Saturday, so that must be the last spot. Whatever. Anyway. Picks? Lance Archer. I'm going Archer, too, out of all those guys. Rob always goes with Lance in these big matches. My second runner-up would be Scorpio Sky. But I'm going to say Lance. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Penta. I was going to say Penta as well. I'm going opposite from you guys. Penta for me. I love Penta. But I don't see it. Freddie, you know what's going to happen? He's going to have a visa issue and not make it to the show. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, you see what they did with his brother? His brother couldn't be on the show a few weeks ago, so they just dressed somebody else up so he can get a beat down. Right. (laughs) Oh, was that what happened? Yeah, he never even got in the ring. They just beat him down. It wasn't him. Oh, I didn't know that. They took his gear and they put it on somebody else. And they they said, you know, just lay here and get your ass kicked. (laughs) (laughs) Smart, right? I mean, you got masked guys. Who the hell you know there's the mask? Get something yeah. similar. 
Let it happen. Yeah. Sin Cara 2.0. Yeah. All right, so AEW Tag Team Championship is on the line as Performance Center Jericho and MJF challenge the Young Bucks. Steven didn't like that one. I'm going to go Jericho and MJF for me. On yeah, I'm going Jericho and MJF. Yeah, too. I think so too. Even though they beat down Papa Buck. That was great. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. It would be cool if they would have beat, beat their, mother, their mother down. <laughs> <laughs> Right, they come out and they're like, they beat her up in the women's ladies' room. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Mama Buck? Where was Mama Buck? Yeah, right. Is there a baby Buck? <laughs> <laughs> Dad jokes. So stupid. Okay. Thank you guys, because I, I really thought Young Bucks, but you guys sold me on this one, and I'd prefer Jericho and MJF anyway. All right. Um, Street Fight, the most over person on the AEW roster, the man that's been pushed heavier than anybody else, Sting, teams up with the TNT champion Darby Allen to face Team Taz's Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Is this going to be a uh, theatrical match, you think? Or you think we're going to do live? It's Sting. I'm thinking theatrical. Yeah, I think so too. Save his life. The rumor is theatrical, but Khan claims that he's doing this for real. I don't know. He couldn't even get the... the Scorpion Deathlock on properly, like, fell down last night. Well, on that note, I'm choosing Sting and Darby Allen. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, same here. I think we all are. All right. No surprise there. All right, and then in the main event, we have the exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW Championship as Kenny Omega defends against John Maxley. Moxley. Maxley. I'm Omega. I, gotta, I, think, Maxley. I think Omega beats Maxley, no problem. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about Moxley, but it'll be Maxley. Maxley's got no shot in this one. I've got him. <laughs> and Maxley, yeah. forget it. Well, I don't even know if Maxley's going to show up, honestly. <laughs> I think he, he's shaking it in his boots. His, they may, wife's, they name, have, his, they may, his wife's name is Renee. They may, Renee Maxley. They may have one of those moments where, like, Omega's standing in the ring and they play Maxley's music and he just doesn't come. And then Moxley comes out. It's, like, so it's, it's, Moxley's, just like... it's Moxley's music. It's just a little off. It's like another guitar. And they're like, wait, let me fix the track. There you go. Here comes Moxley. Oh, man. No free passes on the Sports Friends podcast. No free passes. That's not as funny as it should be, but it is. <laughs> Holy Maxley, Batman. <laughs> There's the laugh. <laughs> this is why you guys need to record this and get moments like this is on our bloopers. Like, yo, Rob laughing right now is so great that I'm crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie Ambrose. (laughs) And back then, his wife's name was Renee Old. There we go. Uh, You had to kill it. Uh, He just. Yes! Yes! Yeah, mate, Maxley. I got the crickets going now. Insert crickets. It was now. part of that group, but I couldn't think of another word for, for shield, so. 
Oh, man. <laughs> so, with that being said... Oh, wait a minute. We all wait. picked Omega, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Omega. Sorry. I, I thought I said it. I didn't. No, you, you said Maxley, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to vote for Stung and uh, Gabby... Uh... <laughs> Derby, Derby, Derby. Sports Sensei Podcast would like to make a public service announcement. The wrestler Maxley is not really a character, so please do not go home and think that there's going to be someone appearing named Maxley. Thank you. So, uh, could it possibly be Brian Rage and Ricky Sparks? Oh, maybe. And the old bucks? The old bucks, there you go. This is just too far. Oh, man. It's Panda Country and the Casino Tag Team Royale. <laughs> Damn it, we just lost the Chinese. And on that note. On that note. <laughs> that is our episode for tonight. We thank you guys for listening. The Sports Frenzy Podcast.com. The Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter. The Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace. Shout out to the Maxley fans. Oh, I think I pulled a muscle lamp in that heart. <laughs>